Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Tonight we are recapping the week's nerdy news, or I guess in this case it's like the last five days because we did our episode on Tuesday yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So we're back quick. Not for a it. not a full week of nerdy news, but anyway, we're recapping it from Danny the Street to the Daily Bugle and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Oh, Danny the Street. Can't, mm-hmm. can't beat it. You can't. You really can't. It's one of the craziest things in the world that may or may not be in the world that isn't in the world, but might be. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I I miss Doom Patrol. Uh, I miss Doom Patrol as well. And uh, some good news for those of us who miss Doom Patrol coming up in a minute here. Um, first of all, we are talking about Doom Patrol, even though we touched on it last week. We're going to be a little more specificity. This week, we're talking about the strike, of course. We're talking about... Um, Another very tiny DC thing. Another Star Wars uh, thing that almost happened that didn't happen, which is just so cool. It's worth reporting. Uh, some comics news, some comics reviews. Oh, my God. I didn't do the uh, what's coming out this week in your local comic book store. I oh forgot boy. that part. I'm just realizing that I'm scrolling down and that part's completely blank. Well, I'll, I'll do that on the fly, I guess. There we wow. Go. Look at me being super professional. I thought me and thinking I was done. Um, anyway, I know. I know. I know, I know, I know I say this a lot, and I have said it a lot recently, but I really mean it this time. This is a very light week for news. Very, very light. But we this might be a lead, short episode. We are going to lead with some news that hopefully will make f- subsequent weeks slightly longer. True, true. As we reported last episode, uh, the WGA uh, was poised to resume negotiations with uh, the AMPTP, that's the Writers Guild, sitting down with uh, major Hollywood studios, and that has happened. They've been in negotiations since Wednesday. I believe the idea was um, to go for four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, taking today off, and either continue negotiations on Monday or announce the results on Monday. So I'm sure we will hear something one or the other ways tomorrow. But uh, any kind of inside scoop or report or hint or anything that I've read seems to be thinking that this might be the end of the writer's strike. This might actually be, you know, something good might come out of this. Um, Studios uh, have described this uh, negotiation as them offering their best and final offer. That is a quote, our best and final offer, which... It's that's always, it's always kind of, the best and final offer until they that's don't come to an agreement. And then, yes, hey, we get a better yes. and more final offer. Sweet. Yeah. So so if they so if the, you're saying that if the WGA uh, refuses this best and final offer, you're just all going to retire from <laughs> making movies and television right. shows. Is well, that that's I guess the plan? Nobody's making them anymore. Sorry. Well, that was our final offer. So I guess this whole industry is over. No, you're not. You will make a better and less final offer. The next time, if if these aren't, you know, up to snuff. Yeah. Warner, Warner Brothers is done, and A24 is now the premier studio yep. in Hollywood. I mean... Hey, man. The way, uh, <laughs> the way Warner, Warner, Warner Brothers is being piloted recently, and you know what? The way that... Uh, the way that people have not shown up at 
the box office this past summer for what should have been a lot of like surefire blockbuster hits. Big studios might be like not on the way out like they're but you know, it might be time to pivot. Might be time to pivot because if people are sick of the MCU and people are sick of the DCU and people are sick of what anything Mission Impossible <laughs> like all these movies underperformed so like I'm just going off what you said about A24 like A24 may end up being the next power player in Hollywood yeah. if they're the only ones that are making money off their movies so anyway um of course it's not their final offer of course if the WGA rejects this offer they will be forced to come up with a better offer um because there's just no other way nothing else they can do so I think that's just a little uh, intimidation tactic by the studios, one of many that they've thrown at the WGA and the uh, Screen Actors Guild over the last few months. It's been like almost 150 days the writers have been on strike. 140, 547 days, something like that. Crazy, crazy amount of time. So, yeah. so um, I'm already into our first pivot. Okay. Because that made me think of Worldwide Box Office for uh, the year 2023. Okay. So, number one, I believe you know, is uh, a, a small property you may have heard of in the past, um, 1950s era. Barbie? Mm-hmm. They yeah. knocked it out of the park, which is, as weird as it sounds, a feather in Warner Brothers cap because yeah, for they, sure. they own it. Um, yeah. Next up, I did not realize grossed as well as it did Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers was the one to beat yeah. until uh, Barbie came along. I, for yeah. some reason, did not like that didn't process for me. Yeah. So, yeah, like you've got Warner Brothers and then you've got Universal for the next two with uh, Super Mario Brothers and Oppenheimer. So your first three. Wow. Oppenheimer's number three. Yeah. Wow. Oppenheimer beat our Guardians three. Wow. And Fast 10X, whatever. Guardians 3 was number four. Guardians 3 is four. Fast X, uh, Spider-Man, Cross Spider-Verse. Um, okay. This is global, too. So um, Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm only going to go through the English language just so I don't butcher any names of uh, various properties. Yeah. You don't want to pull a me and mispronounce people's names. Oh, these would be well beyond anything you've done. Like, I just. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I physically can't read them in the list that I'm looking at. So, uh, Little Mermaid. Well, what you nine. what you got, Steve? What you got to admire about me is that I'll see a name that I have no idea what I'm going to do with it, and I just dive right in. And oh I no, go these for are anyway. these are characters. Like I just don't know how to pronounce like, hey signs and stuff. I don't think that would stop me. <laughs> just give it a go. <laughs> Whole hug into it. Um, Little Mermaid at number nine. Mission Impossible mm -hmm. at ten. Okay. All right. Uh, Elemental at 13, which we just watched that. I just saw that tonight for the first time. That was a great movie. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah I, I liked it a lot. Pleasantly surprised with it. Um, yeah. Ant-Man, Transformers, John Wick, Meg 2, The Trench, beat out wow. Dial of Destiny. Whoa, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bummer. And then Creed <laughs> 3. such a bummer. Creed 3 at 21, The Flash at 22. Uh sound of freedom dungeons and dragons honor among thieves and then we're into like the nun 2 and insidious the red door well nun 2 just came out so the fact that it's that high already like nun 2 came out this past weekend i think did it jesus yeah like it just came out so i think it's 
doing all right for itself. Yeah, and that beat Ninja Turtles at 30. And then Scream oh, 6 at 31. I just watched Evil Mutant Ma- Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem again with my son yeah. this past weekend. It's it is good. so good. Yeah. So good. Um, Shazam is down there. Blue Beetle is like 38. Sure, yeah. Like how, how do you see this? For one, how do you see this list and not think to pivot off of like look at your top three properties i know for sure and even the ones that are lower than that like you mentioned like guardians guardians did very well obviously right it was also a good movie (laughs) it was also very good exactly um and it's like the end of a thing you know it's the final chapter in a trilogy so it's gonna bring people in right um and like fast x sure and it was good and fast x that's the 10th one of a franchise so sure Mission Impossible is on the top 10. You might say, well, it's fine. I feel like all of these movies were projected to do better than they did. Were I projected to were make more to money. With the exception of those top three, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think anyone expect. I think people expected Barbie to do well. I don't think anyone expected to do over a billion dollars. No. And like um, a I billion think, and a half. It's like 1.4 yeah. right now. Yeah. And Mario, like, yeah, that was going to do good because... Um, it was like the only kids movie that was released for like months. Right. <laughs> and and it was the first animated Mario movie. So that was a big deal too. Oppenheimer, the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon clearly helped it out. I guarantee you there was people that would not have seen that movie without the help the of the Barbenheimer yeah. meme. But look at those top three movies. Sure, two of them are wildly popular intellectual property. There's never been a Barbie movie before. There's never been an animated Mario Brothers movie before. Like, so these are like new things. They're still new franchises. Yeah. And they're not even franchises yet. Like they've announced a sequel to Mario Brothers, I think, but there's no planned sequel for Barbie and there may never be one. There might just, we might, we're just going to get all these shitty toy spinoff movies or whatever. Right. So it's, that is a signal that like, it's the top three, not superhero movies, right? not long running franchise movies, just original films again yeah based on two of them are based on existing intellectual property but um it's still a new fresh thing and especially barbie is a wild take on a thing that's been around since 19 since the 1950s like you said like it's not a straight up with like how many people heard oh they're making a barbie movie that's going to be stupid you know Mm -hmm. it ended up being oh this is a wild left turn of a thing that i did not expect at all and it's great right subversion of expectations but not in a shitty way yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But then you so look I think down, that, farther down the list, and you have, like, Dial of Destiny made 381. Like, that's barely that above is, water. Yeah. I mean, Creed 3, The Flash, like, Flash at 267 is below water. That That's that's oh, drowning. Yeah. Flash is a huge bomb. Dial of Destiny was a huge bomb, too. But, like, then you have Dungeons & Dragons. Same kind of concept. Existing IP, but never really done it right. And I but, think... It was it Dungeons was, and the production budget was only like 150 and they made like three and change, I think. Oh, yeah. That was a very profitable film. And like, because that had great word of mouth. People were like, you got to yeah. see this. It's great. Like, right. you can't believe it, but it's really good. I know right. it doesn't look good, but it's great. And it was. It was really good. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, The style of Destiny is a real bummer because I like that movie a lot, but I don't understand why that movie cost. 300 million dollars to make like it does not no offense it doesn't look like a 300 million dollar movie it doesn't it's a fun i thought it was fun i thought it was good and i liked it but 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I I know we've talked before about. I don't think studios should be spending this much money on any movie. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they're learning their lesson. We'll see. I mean, then you have like Haunted Mansion that somehow was 160 million that made 107. Yeah, that was a bomb too. Yeah, that's what was like one of the first movies that came out during the strike. I think so. Like no one could promote it. Right. And you know, it's not like you. Uh, a lot of times people will critique like, well, yeah, why'd you release a horror movie in the summertime? Like no one's gonna go see it. Well, people go to see horror movies all the time. It's not. You know, they don't have to come out in October, but a movie like Haunted Mansion, which is more for kids and it's yeah. less for adults, like kids are into the spooky time. I feel like Haunted Mansion would have done better if it came out this weekend or first weekend in October. Like it would have done a lot better because the way less competition like this was a packed summer, packed summer. Yep. Um. So I don't think Haunted Mansion ever really stood a chance. But hey, whatever. Here we are. Whatever. Here we are. Here we are. And you know what, Steve? That was a good uh, good tangent. Good time-filling pivot point. <laughs> so great job. A summer movie recap that we hadn't done now that we're in, you know, a month deep into fall. Right. <laughs> but hey. Yeah, I don't know. It's the the summer movies the the blockbuster season just wasn't full of blockbusters. Or it was full of attempted blockbusters. It was full of attempted blockbusters, yeah. Miserably. Only a few of them. Right. Only a few of them hit. Um, I don't know. I had a good time. I went to more movies this summer than I've been to in a really long time. And Same. I had a great time at 98% of them. I, I think I took my son to like four movies and they were all movies I wanted to see. Yeah. I took Sam to a bunch of movies this time. Mario Brothers. Um, well, Turtles. Return of the Jedi. Return Ninja of the Turtles. Jedi. Yep. We saw Elemental together and I, there's definitely one other one. And he wants to go see the fucking Bob Patrol movie coming out this weekend that's not going to be oh, a he? fun time to theater for mine me. does too and oh great yeah should we uh bite should this we, bullet should together? we be miserable together <laughs> <laughs> let's or, do an out of theater reaction to paw patrols <laughs> super pa- whatever the sub whatever horribleness it'll end up being yeah yeah as, uh, much, as much as i've tried to dissuade paw patrol over the years it just keeps coming back to it well, that's the thing. My son hasn't watched Paw Patrol in two years. Same. But Same. he sees the movie and he's like, I got to go see that movie. It looks, I got to go see the Paw Patrol. They're like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't like this show. Right. You haven't watched it in forever. Whatever. I think the last Paw Patrol thing he saw was when I took him to see the first Paw Patrol movie. I don't know that he maybe watched a couple episodes since then, but. Today I learned there was over a, a year. Paw Patrol movie. There's a what? I did not know there was a, another Paw Patrol movie. Oh, yeah. This is the sequel. This uh, is the sequel to the Paw Patrol. The first Paw Patrol. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, more on that when you get our instant reaction to Paw Patrol back at you. I don't know what the subtitle yeah, is. It's something stupid. They're like, they get like superpowers or something. It's. I was going to say that would be like dumb. a Patreon bonus episode, but that would be the opposite of a Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> A Patreon punishment episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. If you don't subscribe to us on Patreon, we will force you to listen to us talk about the Paw Patrol movie. Uh, That's funny. Yep. Uh, Something I will. Another place they're going to film bad sequels? Wait, what? Is that what we're talking about next? No, we haven't done the first DC story yet. We haven't. Wow. No. We haven't even got into our rundown. (laughs) 
I know. I was, I was saying it was a great tangent. We talked for a long time. <laughs> We're filling time here. There you go. Uh, as we mentioned, the end of last week's um, podcast, it wasn't even really on the rundown, just kind of came out as we were wrapping up. They finally announced that Doom Patrol is returning to HBO Max. Sorry, just Max. I still is impossible for me to just call it Max. I just sound, I feel like I sound stupid just saying Max because it's a name and it's a word. And it, to me, it's meaningless without putting HBO in front of it. Yeah, <laughs> so I, feel I feel like, like I'm I referring to Max. Son. Like, yes, but, yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, the first half of the fourth and final season of Doom Patrol came out in January of 2023, a very long time ago. And uh, it's been so long that most people or a lot of fans were starting to think that we weren't going to see it. You know, HBO or Warner Brothers has canceled tons of stuff and pulled tons of stuff from their streaming services over the year. So um, but James Gunn ended up answering somebody on uh, some social media site and saying, nope, it's going to happen. Just haven't found the date yet. I promise. I just found out. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. So uh, we found out it was going to come out in October. And now we know specifically the show's fourth season will conclude with episodes beginning on October 12th. So a couple weeks away from the final few episodes of Doom Patrol, which, in my opinion, one of the greatest comic book adaptations ever. It's great. One of my favorite uh, adaptations of a comic book to television show i would say for sure nice um a description of the final half of the series is as follows in the series gripping final episodes the doom patrol meet old friends and foes as they race to defeat immortus and get back their longevities battling between saving the world and each other the doom patrol are forced to face their deepest fears and decide if they are ready to let go of the past in order to take their future into their own hands and away from the zombie butts if you're a watcher of Doom Patrol, you know what that last sentence means. Zombie butts. Hey, if you're not a watcher of Doom Patrol and you don't know what that means, don't think too hard about it. It is, it, it, that's it. It's zombie right. butts. Yeah. Not the butts of zombies. Sorry. I should say, I should specify. Maybe it's not what you think it is. I'll, it'll, it's weirder than what you think it is. You think it's like a bunch of zombies were walking around and maybe like their butts fell off or something. No, it is sentient butts. Yeah, reanimated asses. That are reanimated, that died and have been reanimated, and now they're zombie sentient butts. Mm-hmm. So, that's a real thing that happens in this show. And if you were wondering real about thing. Doom Patrol, that that's 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 all you need to know. Like if what I like if, that. <laughs> if the thing I just said to you is a that sounds insane and something I never want to see ever, then you should never watch one epi- single episode of Doom Patrol because it's all crazy shit like that. Oh God, the if what I said to you was like out- I can't. Yeah, if if you heard me say that and you said, I can't believe that that's possible, he must be lying to me, then you should watch every episode of Doom Patrol yes. <laughs> starting immediately. And because you'll love it. Because I swear to you, it's true. It's true. I wouldn't lie to you. It's true. All of it. Um, um, today I learned that there, uh, that DC also had Nemortis. Did not know that. Yep. Um, almost specific i believe immortus is specifically a doom patrol villain he's not like a he's not a larger justice league villain or anything like that specific to the doom patrol nice so um i guess right now i learned that marvel has an immortus i don't think i am aware of marvel's immortus uh he's one of the kings oh okay one of the kings okay i got you yep 
yeah, the Council of Kings was like Immortus and Ramatut and a bunch of bunch of various oh, okay. Nathaniel Richards is, is, is All right. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um Steve, you're not current on Doom Patrol, right? You started watching I it, but not. you're not. I think I'm like all a the way season through. behind, maybe. Yeah. Uh it's really a great show. I think all the acting is great. Um it was the beginning of the return of Brendan Fraser. Yes. To uh absolutely acting. amazing return of Brendan Fraser. Amazing uh voice work, and every once in a while he shows up in the flesh and he's great there as well. Um man, it's just a super weird show. Sometimes it's super it's like I don't know of another show that balances such absurdity and insanity, but at the same time can turn around and just either like punch you in the gut yeah, or have these like crazy emotional scenes between the characters that are just uh, heart wrenching and beautiful or both at the same yeah. time. <laughs> and it's just, and, and all the while being so, faithful and respectful to the comic book source material in a way that would seem impossible because as you could probably guess the comic book source material material is equally or more insane Mm -hmm. um and i would before this show i would have thought that a a comic book accurate adaptation of doom patrol was impossible um but you get the right people behind the camera and in front of the camera and Clearly, anything is possible because these guys did it and they deserve to be applauded. And I hope, I, I, I can't believe that this version of the Doom Patrol we'll ever see again, but I hope that there are, is some version of the Doom Patrol that will show up in uh, James Gunn's DCU because I love these characters. I love them in the show. I love them in the books. Um, and I would love to see either a movie or just like a cameo or something for like the doom patrol in, uh, in the James Gunn, Peter Safran, DCU. Yeah. And it's a very, very gun, uh, cast of characters too. So, yo man. Yeah. I bet. I feel like if they didn't already have this show going when he came over from Marvel, I feel like he could have done a banger doom patrol movie instead of the suicide squad, even though I love the suicide squad and I'll take that any day of the week, but Doom Patrol would have been right up his alley, mm-hmm. right up his alley for sure. Um, speaking of things that James Gunn uh, getting to play with, DC Studios is getting a new permanent location now that DC Studios is a real thing and not just, uh, you know, part of an, an umbrella of studios under Warner Brothers. DC Studios is its own independent film studio, film studio similar to how Marvel Studios is yes owned by Disney, but it's its own independent, you know, facility uh, or studio. DC Studios is now too under James Gunn, which I think will uh, make a big difference. Uh, building its own permanent location in Warner Brothers Studios, uh, Leavesden in the UK. I guess Warner Brothers has a huge studio comp- complex there. DC Studios is getting its own um, section of that complex they're expanding the existing lot by 50 percent, adding 10 additional sound stages for a total of over 400,000 additional square feet and this will be where all of the new um dcu stuff is filmed starting with uh superman legacy i guess unless waller is going to be filmed there as well but i don't know right. oh but definitely superman legacy i'm sure yeah um how so okay so if the writers say like say we wake up tomorrow morning the writer strike is over 
can we get any do we get any other information from james gunn i guess we could get information on like script updates or if someone right. has been hired to write the batman brave and the bold movie or someone has been hired to write uh, i'm trying to think of something else the authority film or something yeah like or that, even that stuff announced you know every once in a while they tease like pieces of script or stuff like that like we'll see we'll it's like more a things title like that yeah you know yeah um right. but with say after still on strike that'll you know we're not we won't get be getting any or actors yeah. actors or we won't find out who Giancarlo Esposito is playing or whatever until right until the SAG after strike is over. But I would assume um, if if the studios, I don't want to say cave, but if the studios cave to WGA, they're probably realizing they're in the hot seat and need to get oh yeah SAG after on as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I I feel like once the writer strike, if the writer strike wraps up soon, yeah, then they will be offering similar terms to. SAG-AFTRA and mm-hmm. seeing how that goes. Um, but, you know, I feel like we could get, remember when we got, when he announced the, f- like, the first part of um, chapter one, Gods and Monsters, yep. of the D- of his DCU slate, he didn't name any actors or whatever that were going to be starring in those movies. Nothing had been cast. So we could probably get another announcement from James Gunn about, yeah. like, okay, well, here, here's the second half of this chapter of chapter one and what's going to be this and this and this and this and this. Right. I forgot he had said that like most of it wasn't mentioned or whatever. He said that the announcement we got was less than half of chapter of chapter one. Mm -hmm. So, so exciting. Which at the same time, I'm pretty sure that quote is no longer accurate after watching what's happened with current superhero movies. Or Uh, what do you mean by that? I would put a good amount of money on the fact that they would probably tone that down. On the number you think they're gonna coming out? You think they're gonna pull stuff back? I mean, if you just with past being precedent and DC already having a sour taste in people's mouths after whatever these last couple things have yeah. been, and it's like, do you really want to throw a bunch of logs on the fire and just watch it burn, or do you want to like I I would get like them throwing out a couple of TV series or especially after you, yeah. know, you have good things like Peacemaker coming out that are getting people on the TV bandwagon and then right. wait for legacy and throw that out there and then see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure the only one that's officially dated is Superman legacy. Cause like we know creature commandos is going to be the first thing that we see, but we don't know when we don't have a date for that. Right. I'm guess I've, we've heard early 2024. And, and even Waller might come out before Superman, but we don't have a date. We don't have any information about that at all. So I think with Superman being dated for July 25 and also assuming that's going to be moved because of the strikes. Um, I think they are playing it safe by not announcing dates for everything. Cause that's the, that's the trouble that Marvel gets into by being like, yeah. Hey, here's all the things we're going to, next five years and then oh well we had to move this around we have to move this around we have to move this around like well you don't announce a date you don't have to move it around right and it worked out okay for like phase two when you had a couple sure. of properties and they were spaced yeah. out well and right then now it's too much phase five and it's like this is all coming out by 2027 i meant seven yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and james gunn has said it a lot of times that they're they don't want to he he he's like the perfect person to do this because he's seen how Marvel does it. Right. Yeah. And like, I'm sure they do a lot of things great, but he also probably has seen like 
they overworked their VFX departments and all this like announcing stuff and yep. you know three years ahead of time like is not great. So we'll announce it, but we're not going to date anything. And he's also seen how DC has been like, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, and here's all the dates. And then we watch those dates fly by and nothing. You know, we never got a cyborg movie or whatever else. Yeah. That um, been great. Yeah. So Actually, I think no, it's I, I think. He yeah, knows he doesn't want to overextend them. Like he said, like, we're not going to overextend ourselves with DC. So I feel like whatever pace he has in mind is probably only going to be benefited by the strike and having to push stuff. Like I, I said before, the best thing for Superman Legacy is the fact that it comes out two years after the Flash came out or whatever. Like people clearly are sick of this version and they need time between this DCEU ending and the new one starting to like to feel a desire to take another swing at Superman, you know, like yeah. people like Henry Cavill, they didn't like the movies that he was. So we need some time to get away from that and to forget about it, to be like, oh, a new Superman movie. And I feel like even now it's probably going to be pushed. I would guess if they're going to push the Superman movie, they're probably going to push it for a year. I feel like they probably want that to be a yeah. summer release. So well, if they push I mean, it from it's 25, either, it's probably not going to come out till 26. It's either a Christmas 25 or like, unless they have something yeah. else in that slot. Like if Warner has something right. else in that ballpark, then yeah. Otherwise it'll be like May 26. Yeah. I mean, they may, I mean, it depends on how much they have cast and the script's done. Yeah. So I'm sure that, and I'm sure that he's been in pre-production doing stuff that doesn't involve writers and actors. So like, yeah. Maybe they don't have to move it or maybe they don't have to move it as much. Maybe it comes out in August or, or you know, instead of July or whatever. But yeah, you um, the one we'll thing see. they don't want is the Spider-Man happening with their uh, with their movies. The the Garfield yeah. Spider-Man particularly. Where oh, it was yeah, like yeah. Coming off Toby, it's like, all right, well, we've got a bad taste in our mouth after three. And then, oh, hey, look, a brand new one. But we need to make this so we don't lose the rights. So right. let's force out an Andrew Garfield one. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, that's why yeah. that got made. But this almost feels like that same like, oh, hey, look over here. There's an Aquaman. Here's something new. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, or they I mean, they also don't want to get into the trouble that ha that Marvel's had with, you know, we all know, like um, Spider-Man No Way Home was supposed to come out before Doctor Strange and the yeah. Multiverse of Madness. And to the point where I read recently that apparently it was supposed to be, um, uh, what's her face? America's yep. America. What's her last name? America Chavez. Chavez. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be America Chavez that opened the multiverse to find Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Right. In no way home, which would make way more sense than suddenly Ned figuring out how to use a Doctor Strange sling ring, like what? You just, oh yeah, but no, I'm magic. Did I not mention that before? I have magic in my family. Oh, okay, sure, Ned. Yeah. You know, like that makes that way right. weaker of Hob a connection. Hobgoblin and, totally has magic in his family. <laughs> right, yeah. And like, if that, like they were so banking on the schedule not changing and all, like then there was nothing they could do. They had to switch things around. Yep. Pandemic, things change, like, no, we got to, we got to, so they could have pushed off, but they didn't. And they jeopardized and in my opinion, severely weakened probably both finished products, both of those movies from what they could have been yeah. 
in order to keep this continuity in order to hit these release dates that they had already set out. Like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it's a Disney thing because Marvel has done that before and weakened their product and Star Wars has done that before and weakened the end the end of product just to hit a release date. Like, yep. hey, we'll still go. We still like Marvel movies. We still like Star Wars. We'll go. You push it a year. We'll still go when it comes out. We'll still go. Maybe might even it, be more like make to it go. good. More likely to go if it's good. Yeah. If it's good. Because now we're at a point where people are sick of bad Marvel movies and people are mad at Star Wars. Right. <laughs> so what's better in the long run? Disney. Figure it out. What were we talking about? DC Studios getting a, a new location in the UK? Great. That's something I would not even mentioned in a regular show. Right. If there was like actual news. But yeah. we did get to talk about DCU for a while. You know so something, something we still would have talked about? The fact that Guillermo del Toro was actually attached to direct a Star Wars movie at one point with a treatment Dude. by David Goyer. David Goyer. David okay. Goyer of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. fame with David Hasselhoff. Or is that not what he's famous for? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's one thing that he's famous for. <laughs> I think that's more infamous for. <laughs> yeah. Um, David Goyer is no stranger to uh, nerdum. He wrote, did he write all three Blade movies? He wrote the whole tri- wrote the whole Blade trilogy, the whole Dark Knight trilogy. I think he, I think he co-wrote the the last two, or he was like a was story it? advisor. But he definitely like wrote Batman Begins, and yeah. I think he like maybe co-wrote Dark Knight and then did a story for whatever. He also did a story for, or did he write Man of Steel? He wrote Man of Steel and yeah, Dawn of Justice. I think right. He might have, he might have contributed a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he was a main writer on Dawn of Justice. Because by then, Snyder had his claws in. I think he went with Terio. His own writer. Terio, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, he's been all all over the map. He's a oh, big he time Hollywood a, writer. Uh, foundation that apparently is pretty good on Apple TV. Oh, yeah? He wrote that? Yep. Oh, cool. Anyway, yeah. David Goyer was giving an interview on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast and I believe he was asked if there was like a project that something he always wanted to do or something that he wished would have worked out or something question like that. And he said, I wrote an unproduced Star Wars movie that Guillermo del Toro was going to direct. Pausing that quote right there. Guillermo del Toro. Um, the Hellboy movies. Uh, an Oscar winning film called Shape of Water. Um, he's an incredible Pan's Labyrinth. He's Pan's an incredible Labyrinth. director. He's an incredible writer. Um, Oh, what was that great one? It was nominated for an Oscar that had Bradley Cooper in it. Uh, it was so good. It's recent, a couple years ago. Mm, a carnival. Uh, Nightmare Alley? Nightmare Alley, yep. yes. That movie is great. I that is a slow that. burn of a movie that will just get its claws into you by the end. It is so good. Nice. Bradley Cooper is incredible in that movie. He also did a um, take on uh, Pinocchio. Yes, and he, yes, fantasy. and he, it won best animated feature. The stop motion Pinocchio for Netflix is incredible. I I recommend watching anything that Guillermo del Toro has done. I haven't seen everything that he's done, but I forgot he did I'm Pacific sure Rim. He did what Pacific Rim? Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I hear it's really great, and yeah, I'm sure it's great it's, because Guillermo del Toro directed it. Right. It's it's better. It's way better than it should be, and it's right because of him. him. Probably yeah. 
because of him. Yep. Um, he also has done stuff for Netflix, like um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I think was a, a horror thing that he did um, recently for Netflix. So like he's a horror guy. He's like creepy stuff. He's a v- genius visionary. Like his visuals are incredible. He's look at the Hellboy movies alone are just gorgeous looking. Anyway, this guy was going to direct a Star Wars movie. What? What? Mm-hmm. I will continue the quote at this point. Uh, the Guillermo del Toro was going to direct. It was about four years ago. And I also have an unproduced uh, scriptment, he said. I believe that, that he means like a treatment, yep. a script treatment for an Origins of the Jedi movie, also for Star Wars that I wrote for them that took place 25,000 years before the first Star Wars film. Pausing the quote here again. That's interesting hmm. because we know they're making that movie. James Mangold's writing that movie. Right. And directing it. Weird. So they had an... Okay, I'll go back to that in a second, I guess. David Gore goes on to say, So, I got to do the Vader Immortal thing for the VR. Which was a video. But dabbling in Star Wars would have been fun for me. And then the interviewer said, Well, what happened to the script with Guillermo del Toro? And he said, There was just a lot of stuff going on at Lucasfilm at the time. But it's a cool script. Have you had Guillermo on? You'll have to ask him about that the next time he's on. It's a cool script. And then, if that wasn't enough, Guillermo del Toro himself retweeted this and said, true, can't say much, maybe two letters, J and BB. Is that three letters? And that's all his tweet said. Hmm. So, Steve, a couple things here. Clearly, they've been wanting to make a Dawn of the Jedi movie for a while. If David Goyer wrote a a treatment for it, but my guess is that they didn't like it or they liked it, but didn't want him to write the full thing. So they gave it to James Mangold or James Mangold was interested in it. Right. So, I mean, I guess we'll see if James, if David Gore gets a writing credit on that movie, whenever that movie comes out, if that movie comes out, but it's strange that they clearly offered it to Goyer. And then now it's with Mangold. Yeah. I mean, that's strange. That stuff happens in Hollywood all the time, but. Well, it, it's it's strange that if he got far enough to have a full blown treatment on it, like it wasn't just hey, let's storyboard some stuff up and yeah, like he he definitely yeah. wrote something for it, and who knows? Or you like, know what? We could get maybe to the, go. No, you finish. I was going to say we could get to the point where the mangled like whatever turns into the mangled script could have a co writing credit or something like that. Yeah. Or, story credit that always that always happens in hollywood too where somebody turns something in and then somebody gives it the full-blown treatment and then it's you know a co-writing credit or whatever i yeah there's like there's a whole system i think put in place by the wga i believe that you know you you have to have contributed a certain percentage of the script in order to get a writing credit or a story credit or something like that like um so same thing yeah, with like or, EP credits and like the whole yeah whole nine, or it could be a thing that they were taking they were taking uh, pitches from a number yeah. of writers, and that they maybe they got one from David Goyer, but that doesn't mean that they were going to go with it. Maybe they liked James Mangold's pitch better than David Goyer's pitch. Like, there's a whole other thing. But it, it, anyway, yeah. it's interesting to me that this is an idea they've clearly had for a while, um, and now seemingly are going with um, James Mangold. So now, the last part of that quote. Yeah. 
What the Guillermo del Toro thing? Yeah. What? Uh, maybe two letters. I can't say much. Maybe two letters. J and BB. Is that three letters? So I mean, BB screams BB eight. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what jumps. Right. J. I can't think is J. Jabba. Jana. Jabba. <laughs> I can think BB of Jana. Too. What's that? There's your BB too. Oh, so that's all he was doing was just leaving out the A's. Steve, can you imagine Jabba's palace as directed by Guillermo del Toro? No, but I want to. <laughs> yeah, I know all those like weird creatures and yeah, stuff like right up his alley. Oh, I didn't think about that. That was the only J that came to my mind. Well, yeah, Jabba Jana is the girl from Rise of Skywalker of the horse people. Oh, yeah. The spa- sorry, space yeah. horse people. But this was four years ago. I, I can't imagine they were writing a Jana uh, spinoff movie. I don't know. Maybe they were. They were throwing a lot of stuff at the wall back then. 2019, yeah. So this would have been right around Rise of Skywalker coming out. It yep. was four years ago. And then Jay, there is another. I mean, there's there's Jason Sandula. Was he even a know. thing? Did they when did they tie up Rebels? I don't know. I don't know. Like Jaina and Jason Solo in the old EU, but if they were on the new yeah. trilogy by that, it wouldn't have been them. I mean, it could also be a new character. Yeah. That he made up, which I can clearly I can definitely see him wanting to like make his own thing. I can't think of another J, like a significant one. Jack Porkins. It was going to be the Jack Porkins <laughs> spinoff. It's a prequel to A New Hope. It's just him flying an X-Wing. I'd watch that. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> so, yeah. Jairus? Jairus? Mm-hmm. As in Kane and Jairus? No, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. No, that yeah. that would have been... Whatever it ended up being, now I'm now I'm on the Java thing. Like uh, Guillermo del Toro Java, that would that would be a that'd be right up his alley. There. Yeah, I mean, I, we all we've talked before about how um, George Lucas offered Return of the Jedi to David Lynch. Um, would have been a wildly different movie. <laughs> specifically, that Jabba's palace scene would have been insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and if you haven't gone back and seen David Lynch's take on Dune, go do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just watch yeah. Twin Peaks or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any of them. So you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, um, he's, yeah. He's a very unique. Uh, a very unique filmmaker. Yes. Um, Mul- you ever seen Mulholland Drive? I have not. Oh, boy. Yeah. It <laughs> is one hell of a movie, dude. It's like three hours long. And you'll only maybe kind of know what happened <laughs> at the end of it. But goddamn, that is a movie. Nice. One of the big, like, truly terrifying scene in that movie. Like, most build up to a jump scare that is, like, obvious. Like, you just know that something, you know that something's going to happen. Yeah. And you are still unprepared for it. <laughs> it's just, you're, nice. I, I won't go into it. But anyway, yeah, hey, Lucasfilm, if you have Guillermo del Toro on board, you should make that movie. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying you should call him now. Right. And that movie should get made tomorrow. You should green light that movie immediately. It can erase a lot of the wrongs of Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. BB Boba B O B A mm. the BB Boba is the J like an could it be J is John Boyega an actor's name and not oh. a character's name and mm? like they're stuttering over the B in Boyega so it's B B O Y E G A yeah yeah maybe <laughs> if it was BB eight though who would the J be like we don't know BB 8s owner is Poe. And Ray is like his best friend. Mm-hmm. There's no Jay that owns BB-8. Django Fett. Django Fett. There's and another J. Django and Boba. There you go. Django and Boba. <laughs> Those are three letters. And now that we've gone down completely down the Star Wars conspiracy corner. <laughs> let's go to something else. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right, so we got some comic book news for you people tonight. I mean, we have comic book news a lot of times. It's not like it's the most uh, crazy thing in the world that we have comics news. Uh, We have some spidery comics news, some spidery news. First of all, Steve, did you ever read Ultimate Spider-Man? I did. 20 years ago or whenever that was coming out? Yeah, that was Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? I said, I just, I... I spat that number out of my face. And then as I was saying it, I was like, oh, I am correct in saying I'm not exaggerating. It was 20 years ago that Ultimate Spider-Man came out. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Getting old. uh, It ran from 2000 to 2011. So more than 20 years ago. Yep. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. So. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the original Bendis and Bagley uh, combo yep. on Ultimate Spider-Man. Re-in- reinventing the Marvel Universe with yeah. a series called Ultimate Blank. Ultimate Spider-Man, there was Ultimate X-Men, there was The Ultimates that was like an Avengers thing. Like, yeah. it was just they did an Ultimate new Fantastic stories. Four too. Yep, Fantastic Four. Um, just new stories not tied to any pre-existing uh continuity it was like they just hit a complete reset button um and if you were buying these ultimate books you didn't have to worry about the last 60 years of comic book storytelling you could just jump right in yep they did a and whole they thing it was a completely new earth instead of 616 it was 1610 so yep. it was a whole new continuity a whole new continuity and they weren't telling you the exact same stories they were reinventing um origins of characters reinventing uh takes on characters and stories and it was as not dissimilar to what the MCU began as where they were like, okay, well we'll take um, this reference and pull it in and this reference and pull it into this character. And this were this version of whatever Iron Man is going to be an amalgamation of this run and this run and this idea from this other thing too. Um, And we're going to present it as a new thing and tell an original story with it. So um, a lot of stuff like that. It was wildly successful, wildly successful. Well, and like uh, uh, the Toby Spider-Man, um, the wrestling thing. Yeah. That was all in Ultimates. Yep. That was part of the Ultimate Peter Parker's origin. You would, yeah. We wouldn't have gotten Bonesaw without it. Right. So they tell you a similar, like I said, they tell you a similar story. They just twist it a little bit. Yep. And and that's not all the MCU has taken, or movies have taken. Like um, the first time we saw a black Nick Fury that looked like Samuel L. Jackson was right. in. That was in Ultimates. Ultimate. Yep. All was in Ultimates. 
Um, and now Nick Fury's black like <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Like Nick Fury was a old white guy for 60 years. Yeah. And now he's just Samuel L. Jackson. Anytime and now he's just Samuel L. Jackson all the time, all the time. And it was, that um, was, that was always the funny thing was it wasn't that Samuel L. Jackson was cast and then like, Ultimate Nick Fury became Samuel L. Jackson. Ultimate Ultimate Nick Fury always looked like Samuel L. Jackson. Was based on Samuel right. Jackson, they drew, from what I remember. Yeah. yeah, they drew the character based on him, and then they also right. got him to act or to to be him in the movie. Yeah, right. Um. So anyway, guess what? We're getting what, a Mike? new <laughs> a new Ultimate Spider-Man series has been announced by Marvel Comics, written by Jonathan Hickman with artist Marco Cicchetto. Uh, Hickman's uh, currently wrapping up an ultimate invasion storyline. It's actually ending next week. Then it's going to be followed by an ultimate universe one shot, which will give birth to a new ultimate Marvel universe. So it looks like they're doing this all over the place, or they're going to start announcing other titles with ultimate in front of it. Start with ultimate Spider-Man. It's going to be more details about this and assumedly the entire ultimate universe next month at New York comic-con when that is, uh, that happens next month. So Chichetto, if anyone's not familiar with him, uh, go back and read Zdarsky's daredevil. Um, he was the artist on that and through like through both of the Zdarsky daredevils, I believe. And through devil's reign, uh, he also did Obi-Wan and Anakin with Charles Sewell back in the day. Um, I think the phasma, the phasma mini might've been one of those, but, uh, they like his, his art's great. Like I've, I've always been a fan of what he's been throwing out. So yeah, could do, uh, good to see him and Hickman teamed up because yeah, if you, if you want a a completely unique and weird ass take on whatever you're doing, Jonathan (laughs) Hickman is your man. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I'm interested to see what this is going to be like because Jonathan Hickman is known for kind of complex storytelling and uh that might be the most understated (laughs) i've ever heard yeah um and a title like ultimate spider-man is known for like we just said simplicity (laughs) and um very easy to understand and easy to follow storylines so uh, i'm gonna be interested to see what this is and what style this is and if he still is going for his um you know, like the books that come with the like the charts and stuff in the pages so you can follow along with his brain or whatever, you know, like I feel yep. like he does that in a lot of his stuff. So, um, so we shall see. Yeah, we so that'll see. be it'll be a continuation coming out of the ongoing the current mini ultimate invasion. Right. Um, that Hickman's doing with Brian Hitch, uh, colors by Alex and Claire. But that uh, that basically confirms that it's not going to be another reboot of ultimates. It's going back to 1610. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Oh, wait. So it's going to be in the same. It'll be. Yeah, it'll be in. Oh, uh, okay. In the pre-established universe, it won't be a new ultimate universe. No, because 1610 was destroyed in secret wars. Oh, a new so wrinkle. I'm assuming I copied something wrong somewhere. Oh, okay. It's in those it's somewhere in those numbers like the, the okay. 6160 something um i i feel like they would be smart to just start over and do the same thing that worked for them 20 years ago right well it's probably um, something like the maker like 
does something stupid and there's a whole new parallel sure. universe created and then Hickman does his wild Hickman thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So we'll see. I'm sure we'll get more information on that when New York Comic Con hits next month. Another Spider-Man thing that was announced this past week. It's a Spider-Man 2099 series, another five-part limited series, which will again be written by local boy Steve Orlando. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Camilla's guy, Steve Orlando. Uh, five-part limited series beginning next year, which will see Spider-Man 2099 or Miguel O'Hara, if you know him from Across the Spider-Verse, fighting future versions of Marvel's monster characters, including Man-Thing, Werewolf by Night, Dracula, Terror, who I'm not familiar with, and just zombies, just regular throwing some zombies in there as well. Because why not? Um, Spider-Man 2099 will be teaming up with 2099 versions of Moon Knight and Blade also in order to um, combat these monsters. This sounds dope. I love a good uh, monster fighting thing. Monster fighting tail. Um, and um, I like Spider-Man 2099. And I know that uh, Steve Orlando did a um, five-part miniseries over the summer. Yeah, Dark um, Genesis, he's I been, believe, right? Dark Genesis, yeah. He's been writing Miguel O'Hara for a while, so he's certainly familiar with the character. It's going to be written by Steve Orlando, drawn by Devmalia Paramanak. See? Diving right in with names that I can't pronounce. Uh, Michael Dowling, Jason Murr, Chris Campana, and Stefano Raphael. Uh, so a multitude of artists. And it's a multitude of artists because these books are coming out weekly. They will be released weekly starting January 3rd. So unless you're uh, unless you started on this a year ago, that's a lot of work for one artist to do. So it makes sense that uh, be sharing the load art wise. Um, uh, but I might pick this up. I like Steve Orlando a lot. He's a good writer. And I like to support the, uh, you know, 315 uh, whenever possible. Um, and I like Spider-Man 2099. I mean, Spider-Man, like Peter Parker, Spider-Man isn't somebody that I would really, I mean, I know he has teamed up with Blade or whatever and fought vampires, but I don't know. Spider-Man 2099 is more of a, Hey, let's fight monsters. He's like a darker character, right? You know, he's a little scarier. Uh, so it makes more sense to me for Miguel O'Hara to be teaming up with Moon Knight and Blade and fighting Dracula and fighting the werewolf by night and all that kind of stuff. So um, uh, I think I'm into this. I think I'm into this, Steve. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I'll probably at least take a look. I, I think I dabbled with 2099 just, uh, just be, I, I, a lot of it was, I think coming out of, um, uh, across the spider verse. Yes. Across. Yeah. Like, which one, which one? Um, yeah. What came out this year? Uh, right. The 2099 dark Genesis. I think I grabbed after that just for, you know, posterity's sake. I think yeah. I might've grabbed one or two and didn't end up reading them. So I stopped uh, pulling them. Not out of me not wanting to read them, but out of me just having too much crap on my plate at the time. Yeah. Yep. I get that for sure. Um, while we're talking comics, you want to do some reviews? You got a comic to review this week, Steve? I do, Mike. I do. You want me to lead it off? I think. Did you go first? I don't remember who went first last week. I think you did. I think I went first last yeah. week. So you can go first this week. Well, well, folks, I have a... Uh, a comic given to me by our good friends over at Funky Town Comics and Toys uh, for a review this week. Uh, it is 
Crusader from Mad Cave Studios, uh, written by Matt Emmons and pencils and drawn by Matt Emmons and pencils or lettering by Andre Lucan. Um, so Crusader, as you, as you can see, it is a picture of a Knight Templar. Yeah, the Crusades, like a King Arthur kind of knight, looking yeah. like. Which I mean makes sense. There's also pictures of on the cover some witchcraft and wizardry type sure stuff going on. yeah some swords and sorcery going on yep um so the tale is effectively uh a knight in the one of the knights templar in the crusades mm-hmm. is fighting in the crusades finds some guys going through with a ritual sacrifice slays them and is transported weirdly to the beast lands in alternate dimension that has like orcs and goblins and sort of other stuff going on um, wow. Okay. It's a weird concept. Uh, I don't know. It's writing is not my cup of tea. The art is definitely not my cup of tea. Um, I, it's it's a. I don't want to call it rudimentary art. But yeah. It's very. It's clean and minimalistic and not in the best ways. Um, sure. Or at least in ways that I would be drawn to. Um, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's something. Yeah. I mean, I read through it. The story has, I guess, some potential where they leave it off, but, uh, I don't think I personally would be able to, uh, go through another, uh, I, I wouldn't be grabbing mm. number two. Oh, wow. Wow. So I believe this may be our first, uh, negative review on the podcast. Uh, yeah, or maybe our most negative one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think, yeah. Although you did say everything very politely. And it seems like if someone is really into that concept, oh, yeah. it might be for somebody else. Just because it wasn't for you doesn't mean that it's not for anybody. Right, and like yeah. the artwork, I'm sure there's some people that are drawn to that, but it just didn't click for me. Art is subjective. Yeah. You never know what people are going to like. So yeah, some people are gravitated towards it, some people aren't. Um, uh, the book that I was given to review is a very successful book. It's a book that is on its fifth printing currently. So uh, Jesse asked me to review this because just it's just a clearly a very popular book. People keep buying it. He keeps ordering it. It's on its fifth printing, which means the first four has sold out and the demand is still there. So they keep uh, printing. It's called World Tree. The W or sorry, the O in world is a zero and the uh the three the e's at the end of tree are threes so it looks like some kind of like a computer password kind of thing i was gonna say i thought i thought we left uh leet speak leet speak back in the uh early 2000s but no there's a there's a tie-in um this is written by james tinney the fourth a uh a favorite of us here at the multiverse report uh, art by fernando blanco colors by jordi belair letters by aditya bidikar and I understand why this book is very popular. I don't know how many issues it's up to because I had never read it before. And it's on its fifth printing, so it's possible that, you know, a two or a three are already out. Um, I think I think I'm going to read those issues because this the way this book starts starts in a way that is very intriguing. It grabs you immediately. It is much darker than I expected it to be. I don't know what I expected. I just did not know anything about it. 
Um, it's very violent. It's very not safe for work. Um, it's very kind of disturbing, I would say. And because it's only the first issue, it's difficult for me to describe what the plot is in a way that um, makes sense. It's seemingly, what, from what I can guess, it seems that a long time ago, these two tech geniuses built a thing called the Undernet uh, as opposed to the Internet. Some kind of dark web thing or worse than the dark web. And uh, there are people that seem to maybe be weaponizing it in a way where they can use it to control people. And um, for instance, this one person has been just murdering everybody that he can see um, and has murdered up to 60 people in a day before he was caught by the police. Are you sure you're not reading Dwellings again? I'm not reading Dwellings <laughs> again. Um, uh, and he's po- he, they caught him because he's posting um, all of his murder spree on online um on social media uh passing out kind of waking up not knowing what he is but seemingly he's doing it in service of something that he believes is a greater good or whatever um he's being tracked by a uh naked tattooed woman um who will often show up and commit other acts of murder as one does um, as one does when you're naked and tattooed yeah um, totally makes sense. And uh, my guess is that the main character is going to end up being the brother of this guy that is, has been arrested for committing all these murders because he seems to be, he just finds out during the issue that his brother's been arrested for multiple homicides, um, is shocked by that, and um, goes to try to talk to him in jail. That's kind of all I can say. The art is really good. Um, it's very. Um, I don't know. It's expressive. Like there's just pages of dialogue uh, that are very expressive. The character design is really uh, interesting. Um, the emotional emotions really come across on their faces. It's hard for me to show art examples without showing something that is um, inappropriate. Shouldn't be on our stream. <laughs> that shouldn't be on the stream. I know we mark this as not um, being for kids, um, but there's a lot of either boobs or um, just. Uh, violence in this issue yep definitely can't show that page uh nope definitely can't show that page either um well i mean i showed you that nice page of those people talking to each other and that was about what we um, got that was good right (laughs) yeah and that's so is um is jordy belair doing the art on that or yes uh he's doing the colors i believe yeah he's the colorist she oh she sorry yeah um Uh, so she's she's done like Batman and Deadpool and oh yeah uh, she's all over the place yeah, she's ever yeah yeah she's big time uh, DC she's a lot of DC work yeah I can't I can't show um I can't show any of these pages um anyway it's called World Tree it's on its fifth printing it's clearly a hot book the hot writer hot creative team um go get it it's at Funky Town Comics they have the issue one is available on stands right now fifth printing it's there yep. and if you like it like I said because on its fifth printing. Two is probably already out. Three might already be out. Um, I don't know if I'm going to dive in or I might just point wait till it's uh, in a so trade. The, the collected is coming out November 7th. Oh, perfect. So if, you, uh, if you're perfect. looking for that, go in and talk to Jesse and make sure he puts yep. you down for uh, pre-order on one of those. Yeah. So um, I think I'm throwing that in my I mean, bowl after what you've said. 
Yeah, for sure. Like not only does Funky Town, um, you can create a, a pull list of single issues that you want off the shelf. So you're not going to miss anything. You can pick up at any time. Uh, they'll also order just um, graphic novels. One, they have a great selection of graphic novels and trade paperback collections uh, of stuff already. But if they don't have something, they'll order it for you. And they'll, they'll come in and let you know when it's there. You can go and pick it up. So if you want to do that with World 3 coming out in early November, go for it. And they'll uh, they'll take care of you down Absolutely. there. So. Yeah, another uh, another banger from James Tinian. That guy is just on fire. On fire. Well, Steve, I've missed the last two issues of Something is Killing the Children. I've missed the last like six. Okay, yeah, I think I don't... I'm going to try to go get them this week. I but like, I don't know if, if they're not there, I might I might be done. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't want to like bend over backwards to try to find these right, two issues or well, whatever. That's what you know what I mean? I think it was after like 26 or whatever. Um, yeah. I like, I remember reading it and I'm like, I got to get the next one. And then like a month later, I'm like, I should have got the next one. I know. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, go check out World Tree if what I said sounded interesting to you. I wish I could describe more of it. It's like, it's either me spoiling things or showing things that I shouldn't that are is inappropriate for me to show. Fair. It's very good. You should get it. Uh what else is coming out in your local comic book store this Wednesday? You got Action Comics number 1057. You got Avengers number 5. You got Batman Beyond Neo Gothic number 3. You got Batman Catwoman the Gotham War Red Hood number 1. Batman the Brave and the Bold number 5. I believe this Brave and the Bold issue Features the next installment of the Tom King, Mitch Jarrods um, story that have been told throughout these issues. They kind of took a break for a couple issues there, but it's back. You've been following that. Um, Betty Page, number four. Breaking Go ahead. news. Breaking news. Whoa. Uh, per the Writers Guild of America West, 13 minutes ago, the WGA and AMPTP have reached a tentative agreement. This was made possible by the enduring solidarity of WGA members and extraordinary support of our union siblings who stood with us for over 146 days. More details coming after the contract language is finalized. Tentative agreement reached. Wow. Wow. They did it. That's huge. Tentative Absolutely. agreement. Now, I believe that once the Details of the agreement are made public to union members. They still have to vote on whether or not they accept it or not. Yeah. Now, in a situation like this, usually if it's something that they're going public saying they have a tentative agreement, that it's likely to be passed, but it, it will still have to go to union vote, I believe. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. All right. I cannot wait to see what the uh, what that agreement looks like. Um. Yeah. Because I can't believe that the union's going to budge on things like, well, yeah, we'll have AI write scripts, and right. then you can just like, you know, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for no AI. I'm hoping for residuals tied to, you know, viewing numbers. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's exciting. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, we had people for forecasting the strike was going to go into January, so. Having it done before October, that'd be a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. And then SAG After's up next. Make it right, studios. Figure it out. Uh, wow. You know what? What? Q4 starts October 1st. 
Oh yeah, they were definitely trying to get it done before Q4. Yeah. That's a studio thing for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I saw that. I just pulled it up on because I randomly I haven't pulled up Twitter in ages on our uh, multiverse report feed. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'll check and see if anything like popped recently, like breaking news ish. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> thirteen minutes ago, they, wow, they went public with it. Wow, all right. So yeah. Well, congratulations. There I hope it's go. a good deal. I hope it was a good deal. Hope everyone got what they wanted. I mean, I hope the writers got what they wanted. I don't care if the studios got right. it. Right. Um, also, ten years ago today, Agents of Shield premiered on ABC. Whoa. Also breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, cool. Where was I? Back to comic books. Uh Blade number three. Blade Runner 2039, number seven. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, number three. Death of the Venomverse, number five. Detective Comics, number 1074. Uh, Elvira in Monsterland, number five. Fearless Dawn, The Bomb, number two of four. Flash, number one. Very excited about that. More on that in a second. Uh, Godzilla, The War for Humanity, number two. Harley Quinn, number 32. Green Arrow, number four. Uh, Immortal Thor, number two. Invincible Iron Man, number 10. Jean Grey, number two. Marvel Unleashed, number two. Micronauts, number one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 112. Ms. Marvel, The New Mutant, number two. My Little Pony, number 17. Penguin, number two, from Tom King. Power Girl, number one. Ooh, I didn't know I was getting another number one. That's exciting. Let's see. Spirit World, number five. Star Trek, number 12. Star Trek, Day of Blood. Shax's best day. Don't know what any of that means. Uh, Star Wars High Republic Adventures Trade Paperback Volume 1. Star Wars Hyperspace Stories number 9. Star Wars Dr. Afra number 36. Star Wars Hyperspace Stories number 9. Did I already say that? I may have. Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2 number 4. Stuff of Nightmares Red Murder number 1. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday Morning Adventures number 5. The Ribbon Queen number 3. Uh, Unstoppable Doom Patrol number six, Yosaki Yojimbo Ice and Snow number one, Vampirella Dracula Rage number two, Void Rivals number four, Wildcats number 11, X Men X Verse Wolverine. I don't know what that means. And X Men Days of Future Past Doomsday number three. So a lot of stuff coming out in your local comic book store this week. Steve, are you pulling any of this? Are you excited about anything? Are you reading anything? I'm still on my X mess. Uh, yeah. Jean Grey number two is definitely going to be on the list. Um, yeah, for sure. Beyond that, I mean, whatever else gets thrown at me, like <laughs> the Ms. Marvel, you know, I think that's still part of Fall of X. Um, yeah. I would love to get back into Dr. Afro, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it is. Um, it's, that, a lot. That's, it's definitely going to be a uh, grab the. Uh, grab the trade of that. I think Invincible Iron Man is actually part of uh, Fall of X at this point. Uh, there's some weird tie-ins going on there. Oh, because Tony Stark is marrying uh, Emma. Yep. There's yeah. a whole weird thing because it's Emma Frost, but not weird. Emma Frost. But yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. You don't well, have to go into it. It's Emma Frost pretending to not be Emma Frost. <laughs> okay. Because they're persecuting mut- mutants, but she's trying to stay undercover with Tony. Sure. And- okay. All yeah. right. I get it. Uh, I get that- it. That Days of Future Past Doomsday has been very good. Um, oh, cool. And Ultimate Invasion 4, I've got to get to finish off that mini. Nice. Um, 
I'm very excited about the new Flash run. Flash, number one. I don't remember the creative team, but I've read a couple reviews of it that say it is like a landmark reinvention of the character in a way, like comparing it to like Batman year one or something okay. like a complete reset, like a, a tonal shift in flash DC lore and whatever, like a big, a big deal for the character, this flash number one, a big reinvention in a way that monumentally shapes his universe or whatever his world. So, um, that sounds like a big deal to me and I like that character. a lot. So I'm down to read a flash comic. You guys got um, size superior from us. What's that? I said, you guys snagged size superior from, uh, from Marvel. Yeah. We snag everybody, baby. It, it seems like, uh, every couple of years, it's just like, all right, everybody goes over there. And then Except you snagged, years, you snagged over here. the aforementioned uh, Steve Orlando. You snagged from us. He was a DC boy for a long time. Now yeah. he's over with you writing Spider Man twenty ninety nine and Scarlet Witch. Oh yeah, stuff. Kyro Justice League for God's sake. Now he's <laughs> over at Marvel. <laughs> Wasting time. It's almost like you know, as long as you write a good story, you can write it anywhere. Yeah, seems to be that way. Who would have thought? Oh, Bryn Mawr, number three. Was that the one you reviewed that was good or the one that you've read that, or read that uh, was not good? That's the one I reviewed that somebody told me was the worst comic book they'd ever read in their whole life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it wasn't nearly as um, bad as what you thought or as what you I heard, didn't think it was it that bad, but I thought it was boring. And I feel like the second issue would have to be more interesting than the first issue because the first issue was just a lot of wheel spinning to get to a reveal at the end of mm. issue one, which I felt like could have happened halfway through issue one. Oh, Turtles Saturday morning cartoons are coming out again. Such a great little series. Uh, the Saturday morning adventures. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Number yeah, five is awesome. coming out today or uh, this week. Uh, so this week, that'll yep. be good. Yeah. And world tree, uh, world tree, number one, fifth printing, number two, fourth printing, number third, third, number three, third printing and number four, second printing are all out this week, man. Yeah. This thing is clearly, um, just on fire. Uh-huh. Second yeah. printing of Dark Mar- or Dark X Men, which I would not have expected to get a second printing of. Like it's good, but I figured that's about as niche of a book as you get. I guess not. I, it's us, got X Men on it. So I was going to say us X people are a weird, weird bunch. Yeah, you'll buy anything. <laughs> An entire they, see, they lost me, and then they got me back. It's the standard. Like back. they get the hooks back in. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. <laughs> yep. It's a reference to Godfather 3, a movie I have never seen, although I do know that line. There you go. Yeah. Um, That's it. That's all I got, Steve. Yeah. No, I think, I think uh, we filled an episode. We did. Uh, there For for another reference, just because I was scrolling down and saw it, there is a comic coming out that is called even dogs go to other worlds, life in another world with my beloved hound, volume two. Wow. Cool. Is that like a reference to all dogs go to heaven, but uh, that's even what dogs I go first, to other worlds? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to avoid that. I think I'm definitely Seems avoiding wild. that. Yeah, that's not going to be a thing. Um, it's not, ne- not necessarily the catchiest title of all time. No, it's a little rambly, but uh, I yeah. think we're getting a little rambly too, so we should probably cut it I up. think so too. Um, what do you think? think people should i think like, we i think we did really good for a, a very light week i gotta say well yeah in, your, sure in your standard this is a 
uh, short episode, we're at 122. So, my God, my God, 122. Oh, sorry, 115. 122 is the broadcast. Okay, all right, slightly That's so better. Much better. Still, 115 is wild for me. So, I if you really we like to hear us ramble, you should, uh, you know, like and subscribe and leave a review for yeah. us on either Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice or on youtube we'll uh you know we'll we'll talk to you if you talk to us um hell we'll we'll talk to you no matter what but it's always more entertaining if you guys talk to us we're always going to be here yep so um check us out on the socials multiverse support on just about all of them um or the multiverse support on most of them multiverse report on blue sky uh Beyond that, uh, check us out, themultiversereport at gmail.com, themultiversereport.com if you want to go the old-fashioned routes of long form and or checking out a website. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here, what, Wednesday for Ahsoka? Um, That's up in the air, actually. I have a thing Wednesday night, so I don't know. Uh, he has a thing. We'll let you know. It'll either, be a, it'll either be another day or maybe you can do it with somebody else. 10-4? Pulling a, a pinch hitter. Let's see. We'll figure it so, out. Anyway, that's all I got. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.